Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. I'm catching on the hosel, right? Yeah, right, right. Moving my head. Yeah. Clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess. Four, please. Darren Pritchett is now broadcasting. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on 960 AM WSBT, a live stream available right now at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app which you can acquire for free right now at the itunes or google play stores just search wsbt radio then you can listen to us live or a podcast whenever you would like nine minutes after five o'clock on this thursday june the 16th of 2022 we've got some bright sunshine currently in downtown south bend it's another warm day in our area. 96 degrees currently in downtown South Bend. It feels like 96 degrees. My name is Darren Pritchett. Welcome to two hours of local sports talk on WSBT Radio. Our program is brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By Tim Growl State Farm Insurance, please mention Sports Beat and get a free gift from Tim with your free quote. Call Tim at 232-9981. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community. While serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Hunger is a Story We Can End. Find out how at FeedIndiana.org. By the St. Joseph County 4-H Fair, summer starts here July 1st through the 9th. Get details at 4hfair.com. And by Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt Don't Shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. Well, coming up on the program this evening, one hour from right now, I'm going to spend some time with former Notre Dame baseball coach Paul Maneri who led LSU to a national championship. Paul retired after last season. Head coach of the Fighting Irish, he was the last coach to get Notre Dame to Omaha back in 2002. We'll ask Paul about his emotion seeing that 0-2 banner being brought to Knoxville by the team and displayed after the victory over number 1 Tennessee on Sunday. Also, I want him to put it into perspective what the Irish accomplished last weekend beating this Tennessee team that was supposed to win the national championship that rolled through the Southeastern Conference we will get Paul's expert analysis on these topics and more when he joins the program in one hour here on WSBT radio also on the program our sports beat Twitter question of the day which is available right now on Twitter on my account at 960 sports beat we are also going to have some link Jarrett audio for you from yesterday's media session as he talks about this team not being satisfied just getting to Omaha three years of quality baseball here at Notre Dame since he arrived also why the team has mustaches and the pulmonary impact on this team that's coming up in just a little bit and besides the conversation with Paul in the 6 o'clock hour, our sports wagering segment also is coming up. We have South Bend Cubs baseball tonight, 7.20 pregame, 7.35 first pitch. South Bend is playing at the Quad Cities River Bandits. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Well, my first pitch to you tonight is not a pleasant one. But unfortunately, it is something that we might have to deal with once again here in South Bend, and that is losing a terrific college baseball coach who has led Notre Dame to the College World Series to another program. We went through this. A few years after the Irish went to the College World Series under Paul Maneri, LSU came a-calling. LSU baseball in the coaching circles is kind of like Notre Dame football. 
in the college football world. It's one of those jobs you just don't pass up. 2006, Paul Maneri left for LSU, and the Irish have not been the same program really since until Link Jarrett arrived in South Bend. Link Jarrett is 50 years old, Division I Coach of the Year in 2021, according to D1Baseball.com. He led the Fighting Irish to the Super Regionals in 2021, that terrific series in Starkville against the eventual national champions, Mississippi State, just missing out of the College World Series. But he has navigated this team through an up-and-down season, some obstacles along the way, and here they are going to the College World Series after defeating number one Tennessee in Knoxville in the Super Regional. Since Link Jarrett stepped foot at X Stadium, the Fighting Irish are 54 games over 500. 84 and 30. Overall, Coach Jarrett, 299 wins, 196 losses. Tomorrow night could be victory number 300 of his coaching career, and it would be a memorable one. Putting the Irish into the winner's bracket at the College World Series. You think back to 2020, we did not have high expectations for the Irish baseball team because expectations had been low for some time. We had not seen the type of results we had under previous head coaches. For example, Pat Murphy and Paul Maneri really got this program rolling. But Link Jarrett made an immediate impact with this program. Before COVID ended the 2020 season abruptly, Notre Dame was 11-2-3-0 in the ACC. They went from a very mediocre defensive team to one of the best in the country immediately under Link Jarrett. But we never got to find out how good this team was going to be over an entire season. COVID hit. The baseball season was canceled. So we had to look forward to the next year. What could be the next step after 11-2 in that shortened 2020 campaign? Well, the Irish came back and showed the country that that was not a fluke. Notre Dame went 34-13 and last year, including blowing away the competition in the always highly competitive ACC. Notre Dame went 25-10 and and won the league by a record four and a half games. Got to the Super Regional, bounced by Mississippi State. So here come the Irish once again. At one point earlier this year, they were the number one team of the country. The Irish, 39-15, heading to Omaha. They went 16-11 and in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And for the first time in program history, the Irish played in the ACC Tournament semifinals. But that was just the starter of a roller coaster ride the last couple of weeks. After the high of making the ACC Tournament semifinals for the first time, they find out a couple of days later they're not hosting a regional. Didn't make sense at the time. Honestly, it still doesn't. But the Irish had to be mad for 24 hours, and they put it behind them. They hopped on a plane and went down to Georgia Southern and did not lose a game in that regional, advancing to the Super Regional for the second year in a row. Notre Dame has never done that until Link Jarrett accomplished that feat. Then they took down number one Tennessee, shocking the college baseball world. Not shocking themselves, but shocking the country. And now they're getting set to take part in the program's third College World Series. They'll take on the Texas Longhorns tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Yesterday, we talked to Link Jarrett as a group of media. And as of yesterday, it was about 48 hours since the Irish had beaten number one Tennessee. The emotions just flew out of the bodies of the Irish as they ran out on the field at Lindsey Nelson Stadium to celebrate their trip to Omaha. I'm a big Link Jarrett fan. Love the way he calls a baseball game, handles situations in a game, pushes the envelope, but I also love the way he communicates with his team and communicates with us. Now, this is a pretty long soundbite, but this 
I think symbolizes and shows you the passion in Link Jarrett, how much he loves his players. He has grown to love this Notre Dame baseball program after joining the Irish in 2020. Link could have answered this in 30 seconds, but he gave a very passionate response, thinking back to just the whirlwind that was the 48 hours since Notre Dame beat Tennessee to go to the College World Series. I'll tell you, um, when this thing Sunday was starting to take shape, the feeling, and we've talked about it, we've talked about it here in our games a lot, the desire to collect an out when you're playing for a win on a Sunday in the ACC, um, a regional win, a super regional victory in game one. You've never wanted that ball hit to you so badly in your life, and they understand it now. Like, I, I've, I lived it a little bit. I felt, please, like, please hit the ball anywhere where I can feel this and get the out of second base. And we, like, there's a mouth-watering feel you have to try to collect outs at the end of the game. And they felt it. They felt it last year. They felt it this season. Um, and when you get to this Knoxville deal, <laughs> that's the feeling that I think initially Friday night started to sink in. They're like, man, we we just did that. So you remember that's a feeling. You remember um, the decisions Saturday on how to manage that game because I never wanted to send a message to our guys that we were kind of uh, going to play the last half of this game with a protective mindset for Sunday. That was tough. Um, to tell Dave I'm taking you out of the game, um, Miller, I don't putts. I'll remember that feeling because that was that was tough, and they'll probably remember it. You get to Sunday um, knowing that that, in my opinion, modern-day college baseball, that was the most anticipated championship game that you'll see in a Super Regional. If there's another one, you guys can tell me what it is, <laughs> but the way they had played this year and how they did it, I mean, they knew they're a confident group, and rightfully so, because they're absolutely a phenomenal team. And then here we come, and you had that match. And I told them before the game, this is going to be the biggest game college baseball has ever seen. Now, there may be national championship games and this, that, and the other, but they're, they're not on a campus, and it's not the same teams three times in a row. And here now, like, it's just – it was different. And um, – as this thing, Lamana, Brannigan, Putz, Ziska, they, then you're back to that, can we collect some outs? How long can Finley go? And Chuck and I were talking, I mean, there's, that's an hour of time that you're having to decide how long, hey, you got Terrell, you got Bedford, you got Mercer, is can Finley do this? It's a, it's a long outing, but we, it was efficient. So then you start to feel like, hey, this guy's got a chance to finish the game. As that happened, and we turned that double play to end it, the feeling of, like, relaxation and comfort and just watch them, like, pile out over the thing and the double play, and I... Chuck took his clipboard and threw it 100 miles an hour back over there, and everybody kind of did their own thing. I was so happy for them that I just relaxed to the point of I probably haven't been that relaxed all season. And you just want to watch them enjoy that moment and take it in. So the ebbs and flows of how you feel in this that's what I remember as much as maybe the exact pitch that the guy hit into the double play. You, you, it's the feeling, and that was that was so special. And these dudes are 
just phenomenal thinkers and workers and talented players. And when you see that come together in that arena that we were in, it wasn't an easy pathway. Last year wasn't easy. This was obviously as difficult or more um, special stuff. Do you feel, do you sense the passion there in his voice? That's why I'm a big fan of Link Jarrett. Besides what he does on the baseball diamond, I love someone that's passionate. And that's why I was a huge Paul Maneri fan. From my standpoint, Link and Paul have probably a lot in common, but one thing that stands out when they speak, you listen. You believe in them. You sense the emotion, the passion, the love of the players. They had that in common. It took 14 years to come across a coach again for Notre Dame baseball that has some of those pulmonary traits. And we're three years into this Link Jarrett administration, and there's a very good chance this could be his final year as the Notre Dame baseball coach. Link Jarrett went to high school in Tallahassee, Florida. He played for the Florida State Seminoles, where he played in three College World Series. His college roommate was Mike Martin, Jr., the son of the legendary Florida State head coach, Mike Martin, who retired three years ago. And Mike Martin, Jr. took over for his dad. During the Super Regional that Notre Dame was playing against Tennessee, Mike Martin Jr. was fired by Florida State. Three years on the job, he was let go by an athletic director that was new to Florida State and was looking to change what Florida State baseball has been the last few years. It is stunning to think the great players that have come through Tallahassee, the great teams they have had, they have never won a national championship, and that's hard to believe. Michael Alford is that new AD I spoke of. And now he has a chance to make an impact on Florida State Athletics. He has the opportunity to make his first revenue sport hire with the baseball opening. Basically, Florida State has two options. Number one, bring someone to this head coaching position that has ties to Florida State. And there are a lot of different directions you could go. And this is where Link Jared comes into play. Link had a stellar career at Florida State. Again, lived in Tallahassee, high school in Tallahassee, four-year player at Florida State. Did an amazing job at Greensboro before coming to Notre Dame. And now look what he's done with the Irish program in three years. He has made them a top 15 program. If Alford wants to bring in the best guy with Florida State ties, it is Link Jarrett. There are around 34 Division I college baseball coaches making a million dollars a year. That's right. College baseball, 34. Caught me off guard, too, when I heard that number. Link Jarrett is not one of those at Notre Dame. If Florida State comes a-calling, You would have to imagine that salary is going to change that number from 34 to 35 coaches making a million dollars in Division I college baseball. Florida State wants to win. They're going to bring the checkbook. And if they want Link Jarrett, I'm sure they will throw enough money at him to catch his attention. Does he want to be Florida State's head coach? Only Link and his family knows that. But if they want a guy with Florida State ties, then Link Jarrett is the best choice. Chris Hart from North Carolina State. He's an associate head coach with the Wolfpack. He played at Florida State. He could be an option. James Ramsey, who was ACC Player of the Year at Florida State, ended up being a St. Louis Cardinal first-round pick in 2012. Ramsey is the associate head coach and recruiting coordinator at Georgia Tech. By the way, Ramsey, we can tie him in locally. Ramsey was traded by the Cardinals to the Indians for Justin Masterson, who pitched at Bethel College for a couple of years, a Bethel College 
Hall of Famer before moving on to San Diego State. So there's always a little local tie-in. So those are some of the top options within the Florida State family. If they want to go outside, if they want a fresh voice, there's a little bit of a Notre Dame tie-in as well. Cliff Godwin was an assistant coach under Paul Maneri in 2005-06 before following Paul to LSU. Cliff Godwin is the head coach now at East Carolina that nearly took down Texas to go to the College World Series where they would have faced Notre Dame tomorrow night. But Godwin is kind of the Link Jarrett of East Carolina. What I mean by that, Godwin played at East Carolina, became the head coach at East Carolina, has had great success with the Pirates. They have an amazing turnout for their Super Regional against the Texas Longhorns. You could argue right now successfully that East Carolina's baseball program is better than Florida State's. You could argue their facilities are as good, if not better, than Florida State's. That's the one thing digging into this that surprised me, that the facilities at Florida State need an upgrade. Not what you would expect. In the ACC circles, talking to someone that's familiar with the stadiums, it might be middle of the pack at best. Florida State has spent a lot of money on football, if you think about coaches the last few years. Ever since Bobby Bowden retired, it's been a tough go. It seems like for Florida State, Jimbo Fisher had a good run before running off into the sunset. But Florida State's facilities have work to do. Now, are they better than Notre Dame's? I'm told yes. The Irish are going to have to spend money on facilities if they want to stay in the upper echelons of college baseball. And if they want to keep Link Jared, probably they're going to have to give him a pretty good raise. Again, the ball's in the court of Florida State. If they want to go after Link Jared, they may have a great chance to get him. Again, who knows? Maybe Link loves Notre Dame, wants to stay here. Maybe he doesn't want to deal with going back to his alma mater. A lot of people see that as a great opportunity and a great challenge. We'll probably find out in the next two weeks. But for now, we're going to enjoy Link Jarrett as the head coach of the Fighting Irish and appreciate what he has done, appreciate this great season as he's got a chance to win a national championship here at Notre Dame. Who would have thought that seven, eight, nine years ago when we were just kind of becoming accustomed to Notre Dame baseball being just kind of another team in town? When the South Bend Cubs came about in 2015, they overshadowed Notre Dame baseball because baseball at Notre Dame was not relevant at that time. They were not a winning program anymore. But now things have changed. Notre Dame is the hot baseball team in town. They have the hot baseball coach in Link Jarrett. They're going to the College World Series. So right now in South Bend, Notre Dame baseball is riding high. And we hope that that will continue with Link Jarrett as the head coach. But again, you read stories about the Florida State opening, Link Jarrett's name comes up first, and for good reason, based on what I kind of laid out for you in this segment. So let's enjoy what we have right now and hope he is going to be the Notre Dame baseball coach going forward. But if Florida State wants Link Jarrett, they probably have the financial resources to get him, and it's just whether he wants that opportunity or not. But there's no doubt the openings across the country in college baseball, I think every AD has found or is looking for Link Jarrett's cell phone number, or at least his agent's cell phone number. So let's enjoy what we've got ahead of us, the College World Series coming up tomorrow night, Notre Dame in Texas, 7 o'clock on ESPN. It is 28 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. Our Twitter question of the day is on the way from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, each day here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, we offer you a Twitter question of the day. We have a chance for you to vote each day on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat. Yesterday, I introduced this question for you, 
and it was based on the fact that the Stanley Cup Final got underway last night. The Tampa Bay Lightning going for their third consecutive Stanley Cup title, trying to become the first team to pull off that feat since the New York Islanders won four in a row from 1980 to 1983, taking on the Colorado Avalanche, arguably the best team in the NHL all year, trying to win the franchise's third championship. So since the cup final was starting last night, I asked this question. United States is all about football, basketball, and baseball for the most part. Then you've got secondary sports like hockey, for example. So I asked this question. If you had to watch one of these two sports, which would you choose? I gave you the choices of hockey or soccer. Now, to be fair... My Twitter account has a lot of hockey followers since I call Notre Dame hockey games. So that might have pushed the envelope a little bit more toward hockey, but it was, thankfully, from my point of view, a runaway victory for hockey. Hockey got 87% of the vote, 13% got it wrong and picked soccer. Thank you for voting. I'll tell you what. I totally understand hockey during the regular season. You may not get excited about that. But the Stanley Cup playoffs is a terrific form of entertainment. It is on a different level than the regular season. And I'll say this too. Hockey on TV is a tough watch at times. I understand why some people just don't enjoy it. But in person, the game of hockey is so much fun. It is so much better than on television. Of course, radio is better than television, too. (laughs) All right, thanks for voting on that question. Here is today's question that I posted earlier today on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat. At a recent Chicago White Sox game, the fans were chanting, Fire Tony, in reference to manager Tony La Russa, they were ready for the White Sox to move on from their Hall of Fame manager. Right now, the White Sox are 30-31 after winning three consecutive games to crawl back to within five games of Minnesota for first place in the AL Central. The Cleveland Guardians are sandwiched in between the Twins and the Sox in second place, two and a half behind Minnesota. So of these choices, what is the biggest reason why the White Sox are off to a slow start in 2022? Here are your three choices. Choice number one, manager Tony La Russa. Choice number two, injuries that the team is dealing with. Lance Lynn just came back from the injured list, pitched for the first time within the last week after undergoing knee surgery. Yohan Moncada missed the first month of the season with an oblique. Eloy Jimenez went down with an injury. He's right now on a rehab assignment in the minors. He could be back in a couple of days. Luis Robert was on the shelf for a time. It's been a tough go. Michael Kopech heard something, what, pop in his knee? Sounds like he's doing better, but that's scary. So is injuries the main reason why the Sox are off to a slow start? You could vote for that. And your third choice, simply an underperforming roster. So again, from these choices, what is the biggest reason why the Sox are off to a slow start this year? La Russa, injuries or underperforming roster. I'd love for you to vote on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat. I will pass along the results on tomorrow's program and introduce our Friday SportsBeat question of the day. 20 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. So why does the Irish baseball team sport mustaches right now as they get set for the College World Series? What type of impact has Paul Maneri had on this program? Maybe he didn't even realize how much he impacted Link Jarrett and this team. You'll hear from the Irish baseball coach, Link Jarrett, coming up next. Paul Maneri will join me at 6.07 as we press on. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. On your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com on the WSBT Radio app.
15 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. Sportsbeat continues on your home of the Fighting Irish. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. Let's talk more about the Fighting Irish getting set to take part in the College World Series. Eight teams have made their way to Omaha at stake a national championship. The Irish will take on the Texas Longhorns in their first game tomorrow night at 7 o'clock on ESPN. I mentioned in a previous segment this hour that Link Jarrett has the Irish 54 games over 500 since he took over as head coach of Notre Dame in 2020. The Irish went 11-2 that first season before COVID ended the campaign Last two years in the Super Regional, this year all the way to the College World Series. And Link yesterday was asked about the three years of quality baseball here in South Bend. And is there anything that's similar between the three teams, differences? He talked about really three years of quality baseball at Notre Dame. And then you hope that the, the skill level within the individual players also moves along. And I think that's what you see. Um, each one of the teams was, was unique. The variety that this team has offensively of what they're able to do probably sets this group apart. And I think the variety offensively that you see from time to time, that same personnel, when they go onto the field to defend, they're fairly versatile and can do a lot of things defensively that stand out. So that package from a position player standpoint is strong. And then the guys on the mound, there's depth there. You know, and I look at, at some of the other teams since I've been here, the starting pitching candidates, how are they different than this year? It's hard to really, like, nail down who does what the best and who's the better group of pitchers. This whole collection, pitching staff-wise, is pretty special. And you've got some lefties, you've got some righties. I think it's tough to game plan against our team. Our lefties are all a little different. Our righties are a little bit different. So when you throw that in there from a pitching staff standpoint, it presents a lot of options for us, and I think it's difficult to feel like you've ever settled in to manage that group. Link Jarrett on his baseball program. And you think about the way this team has been constructed. This is a very old baseball team. You've got a good number of players that have graduated from Notre Dame. The Irish have taken advantage of that extra COVID year. Being very smart about keeping certain guys around. They have used the transfer portal successfully to offset their roster. Look at John Michael Bertrand was at Furman. His first year at Furman, he got cut from the baseball team. Now he's one of the best pitchers in college baseball. Bertrand, 9-3 this year with a 2.67 ERA. Didn't have his best stuff in Knoxville in Game 2 against Tennessee, taking the loss. I thought his fastball command was not as sharp as it usually is. He's a four-pitch pitcher. Fastball, slider, curve, change. Normally has great command of those pitches. Just one of those days he couldn't get the fastball where he wanted it, got roughed up a little bit. But the good news is he's got a chance to put on that Irish jersey once again tomorrow night as he takes the mound against the Texas Longhorns. But this is an older, experienced Notre Dame baseball team that they've experienced a lot. Now, they haven't experienced a College World Series game, but to me, this is the way I look at this. Now, bear with me for a second. As someone that's been a lifelong Denver Bronco fan, I remember what head coach Mike Shanahan told his team before Super Bowl 32 against the Green Bay Packers. That was a postseason in which Denver was a wildcard team. They had to beat Jacksonville at home in that first game before advancing on to play in one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL, if not the loudest, Arrowhead Stadium, home of the Kansas City Chiefs. They beat them, which got them to the AFC Championship game, where they had to go to Pittsburgh to play in front of those rowdy Steeler fans. 
They beat him. So Mike Shanahan told his team before taking the field in Super Bowl 32, where they were a double-digit underdog to the defending Super Bowl champion Green Bay Packers, led by Brett Favre, what would you rather do? Play in Kansas City against the Chiefs, play in Pittsburgh against the Steelers, or take on Green Bay on a neutral field? And the entire team, hey, we'll take on this team on a neutral field, even though they're the best team on paper in the NFL. And Denver went out and upset the Packers, giving John Elway his first of two Super Bowl titles, 31-24, the final of Super Bowl 32. I brought that up because I think Notre Dame's in a similar spot. You had to go to Georgia Southern. Now, you only played the host school one of your three games. So Texas Tech was a neutral side battle, but they did have to beat Georgia Southern on Georgia Southern's home field. Did it. Then you have to go to the craziness of Knoxville. They have rabid fans there. A little obnoxious. There are many fans that are obnoxious, but especially in Knoxville. And Notre Dame took two out of three from the undisputed number one team of the country to get to the College World Series. So which would you rather do? Play Tennessee and Knoxville or Texas on a neutral field in Omaha? There's going to be 25,000 fans in Omaha, but only a certain number are going to be rooting for Texas. So to me, even though let's put aside quality of teams, this is kind of a piece of cake compared to what you just experienced the last two weeks going on the road playing in another team's ballpark. Yeah, Texas is a great team, but I'll take my chances taking on Texas on a neutral field in particular after you just got done having to play some great baseball to get by number one Tennessee in Knoxville. So to me, I like my chances in this spot being on a neutral field against the Texas Longhorns. Well, the Irish have been sporting some mustaches. Maybe you've noticed they're very clean. They're not overwhelming. I think that plays into Link Jarrett's rules. He just doesn't want, I think, that shaggy-looking facial hair. But there is a story behind the mustaches, and, of course, it comes back to the movie Top Gun. Link told the media about how this whole mustache thing started right around the time that the regional sites were going to be announced, and the Irish were not going to be at home for a regional. You have a decision to make when you know the guys are uh, <laughs> They were a little frustrated, right? Because you got to remember what it felt like. I'm a field guy. like I, What it felt like in this room when that show at 1224 on the Monday, we were sitting right here however many Mondays ago to wait. I could tell those guys were upset about having to go down there. So they were watching Top Gun. I think Nick Jouer and Liam broke down the difference between the new Top Gun and the old Top Gun. And I guess there's mustaches involved in that. And when we went to practice in Statesboro, and we have some facial hair policies. It's not rocket science what we're doing, but I don't, not big on the beards hanging all this. So we kind of keep it in check. Well, we get to practice, and I see somebody come up, and they're they're kind of like not really wanting to be like, "Hey, coach, how you doing?" And here comes another one. And I think it was Dave, wasn't it? I said, "Dave, what's going on with these?" It was you and Myers. I'm like, what's going on with the mustache? I feel like coaches are postseason mustache and like Top Gun stuff. Top Gun. I'm like, they had them in the, in the new Top Gun. They're like, yeah, coach, yeah. And then here comes another guy and another guy and. Another guy's got the mustache. So here they come. And you know what? Let, let's go. And I didn't. And so I just didn't. And uh, I probably wouldn't look very good with one. But at this point, I'm not messing with that. They can go do their thing. Um, they've kept them in check. It's not, it's not a mess. So that's, that's where that came from. Well, if you think back to 1986, the original Top Gun, Goose, kind of had that little thin mustache. It was neat. And in the new... Top Gun movie Maverick. Goose's son is a part of the movie and has that same mustache. And if you look at the Irish, they kind of have that goose mustache working. It's worked out well so far. I think a lot of teams during the postseason kind of have their bit. They all kind of do something. And the Irish, they're going with Top Gun mustaches, and they've worked so far. Finally, Link Jarrett, very appreciative 
to former Irish coach Paul Maneri and the time that Paul has spent with him since he became the head coach of the Irish in 2020. In fact, right after Link became the head coach, Coach Maneri sent him a text and immediately Link called him and they spent a good amount of time talking about this Notre Dame baseball program. And here's Link Jarrett talking about the impact of former head coach Paul Maneri on him and this year's baseball team. When I got the job, he called me. And Nick, his son, is um, our academic advisor. So before I ever got here, Paul was like, I'm going to tell you some of the things I think you need to know as you enter Notre Dame. And we talked. I sat in a little Starbucks near my house in North Carolina for 40 minutes. And I literally was, like, writing things down. And some of the stuff, 100%, I agreed with and did. There were a few things I said, that's probably, I didn't tell him, but that's probably not my style of doing it. And every coach has to have his style. But his continued, and that was call one, his continued advice on how to, like, navigate some of the things that make Notre Dame very special but very unique, he, he guided me. And then Nick was our academic advisor, and he literally sat in my office with me whenever I asked him to, and we talked about the travel and the classes and when we should practice and how long we should practice and what days we should have study hall, what days we should lift, what days should we do tutor, should we do them at night, should we try to fit them in in the morning. So those guys got me off the ground here. I'm probably wrong about the banner story, but I think they brought that back. Did they bring that back when their group was was here? That's been at school for a long time. He what? said he, he hasn't seen it since 2003. Yeah. How did it evolve? It's just been passed down since. Where was it? Players. The players have just had it and passed it down to the next class. Where was the physical banner? Somebody's living here. Okay. <laughs> That's bad. Probably won't use that one for me. <laughs> that team, are back to what you feel. Like to walk into this room when we're playing Boston College and feel that team's presence who essentially did what we did. I did the color commentary of the game. To think about that's how this thing lined up, it's magical. And I stood here with those guys for a while and talked to Paul, and we went out and guys were in exams. We played a terrible game. I think we lost Friday night. Might have been one of our toughest losses. And then played one of our best games Saturday and one Sunday, like kind of a comeback. So that group watching our team perform and their comments on how they enjoyed watching the way they do it, that's the feeling I have from that group. And now you're 20 years later, the number one team, I think theirs was the number one team, and you look at that banner, and there's that blank bottom of it where it looks like that you should and will, you're going to plug 2022 right in there under the other two, and it's meant to be. It's fitting. And Paul had a hand in it probably more than he realizes. That's Link Jarrett talking about former head coach Paul Maneri, and Paul's going to join the program in about 10 minutes to talk about this Notre Dame team going back to the College World Series for the first time since he led the program there in 2002. Second hour of Sports Beat, moments away. Sports Center update is coming up in just a moment on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Show me the money. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. Darren Pritchett with you, 6.38 on this Thursday evening. This is Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat from Sports Radio 960. WSBT. Our sports wagering segment called We Going to Sizzler. Based on a line from the movie, White Men Can't Jump. They had to win on the court to have enough money to go to Sizzler. We're trying to make enough money to go to Sizzler here with our sports wagering segment. Well, it's been a good run lately. Last night was not one of my better nights as I went just one in three. Let's recap what happened on last night's program. 
Well, the Cubs were winning for a while against San Diego. <laughs> I guess for a little while anyway. I looked at the score. I'm like, all right, Cubs are up 4-2. Maybe that particular pick's going to work out okay. Then I tuned in a little later. It's like, oh, never mind. 19-5, the Padres over the Cubs last night. Took the Cubs on the money line. They were kind of a heavy favorite. I only lost by 14. So we started the night 0-1. I'm a big McClanahan fan, the starting pitcher for the Rays. I have used him a lot in these wagers, highly successfully. I took a chance with him and the Rays at the Yankees last night. I took the Rays on the money line against the Bronx Bombers. He pitched okay. Rays almost came back, but the Yankees ended up winning 4-3. The Yankees are 46-16, and 28-7 at home this year. My heavens. Well, we got one victory last night. I took the Braves minus one and a half runs at Washington. Braves walked away with an 8-2 victory. How about Austin Riley, man? He's been great this year. A couple of more home runs. He's got 14. I mentioned last night the reason why I like the Braves minus one and a half was their starting pitcher, this rookie, Spencer Strider, who throws close to 100. Five and two-thirds innings gave up just one base hit last night. Thank you, Spencer. We salvaged a win there. And this was looking really good early on in the Stanley Cup final game one. I went with a three-way result. The other two choices that I didn't take, Tampa Bay to win in regulation, the game goes into overtime, or the Avs win in regulation. Colorado was up 3-1 in the first period. The Lightning scored two goals in less than a minute to tie it up. Nobody scored in the third period. I needed the Avs to win in regulation. They did not pull it off. So I took the Avs to win in regulation at plus 100. So even though they won the game at overtime, I needed them to win in regulation. So that was a loss and a 1-3 night. But still 7-5 for the week. For the month of June, 17 wins, 13 losses, and a push. And for the year, we're still doing okay, 42-30-1. Separately, we come up with an underdog pick each night, a plus number. Last night, I went with the Mets on the money line against the Milwaukee Brewers, and kind of like the Cub choice, it was not a good choice. The Brewers came alive last night. They routed the Mets by a score of 10-2. to So my underdog picks so far, 9 and nine. So nine and nine means we're still ahead money because all of these are plus money wagers. So we're actually doing okay with the underdog since you more than double your money each time we make that selection. All right, let's go with four suggestions for tonight. Let's see what we can do. We'll start with the Tigers and the Rangers playing tonight at Comerica Park. Well, the Tigers... I've had a rough go lately. Lost 13-0 to the White Sox yesterday. They had one of those closed-door meetings after the loss. And I am basing my pick on the fact there was a closed-door meeting, and normally that gets everyone's attention. Everyone is more locked in the next game. Kind of like I took the Phillies in the midst of a long losing streak when they changed managers. I went with the Phillies that night, and they won 10-0 over the Angels. Similar thinking. I think the Tigers come out and play inspired baseball tonight, even though they probably don't have the advantage in the pitching matchup. Martin Perez has been really, really surprisingly good for the Rangers this year. But based on that closed-door meeting, I'm expecting a bounce-back performance. And I get the Tigers plus one-and-a-half runs against the Rangers at minus 120. So I think the Tigers win tonight. I even get a run and a half. I'll take it. Tigers plus one and a half runs against the Rangers at minus 120. Second suggestion for tonight, we go back to the Mets and the Brewers in New York. Brewers have been scuffling, got the win last night behind their ace, Corbin Burns. I think the revenge of the Mets is tonight, and I'm going with the Metropolitans on the money line against the Brewers at minus 135. Another suggestion for tonight, since there were some afternoon games, there are limited games to choose from. And again, I have to have a number below minus 150 to wager on it. It's just a simple rule I have in this segment. So I had to put together a two-team parlay to make another wager work. So here's what we're going to do tonight. Two-team Major League Baseball parlay. I'm going to take the Phillies on the money line 
against the Nationals tonight. Patrick Corbin starts for the Nationals. The left-hander was so good when they won the World Series that year. He has been really, really struggling so far this year. He's going to take the mound for the Nationals tonight. And the Philadelphia Phillies, they've got one of their aces on the mound tonight, as it's going to be Zach Wheeler taking the hill. So Phil's on the money line at the Nets, coupled with the Yankees on the money line against the Rays. When you put those two together, you get the Phil's and the Yankees at plus 110. So that'll be my parlay for my fourth suggestion. Actually, my third suggestion. My fourth is from the NBA Finals. I think the Warriors close it out tonight. I'm going to take the points. Warriors plus three and a half at the Celtics at minus 105. So the four suggestions for tonight. Tigers plus one and a half runs against the Rangers at minus 120. The Metropolitans on the money line against the Brewers at minus 135. I like the parlay of Phillies and Yankees on the money line at plus 110. And the Warriors to win the NBA title plus three and a half at the Boston Celtics at minus 105. Now for our separate underdog pick tonight, I'm just going to go with the Mariners on the money line to beat Otani. Kirby's this good young pitcher for the Mariners. He's pitching. I'm hoping he does well tonight. So Mariners on the money line against the Angels at plus 105 is our underdog pick for tonight. Good luck with your wagers. The odds courtesy of Bet MGM. It is 15 minutes in front of 7 o'clock. My name is Darren Pritchett, Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT Radio. And a reminder, in honor of the arrival of summer and back by popular demand this Friday morning at 8.30 a.m., you can purchase two $25 gift certificates for only $25 to Mishawaka Barnabies and Barnabies in Granger. And coming soon, another Mishawaka Barnabies in the Twin Branch area on Lincoln Way just west of Bittersweet. That's buy one Get one free dining certificates to Barnaby's where their pizza, sandwiches, salads, and appetizers are second to none. So this Friday morning, beginning at 8.30, visit restaurantoftheweek.com to purchase your half-off dining certificates to Barnaby's in Mishawaka at the corner of Grape and Edison and in Granger at the corner of Capitol and Cleveland, this week's Restaurant of the Week.